I really wish I had a hat on. Uh, episode 116 of Corporate Lunch, America's first line of defense for fashion, for customer service, for radical hairstyles, and for casual midday casual dining. 116 episodes. That's many years of hard work uh, for myself and Sam and Rachel. Happy New Year. I, hey. Happy New Year. Happy Coup Year. You couldn't resist, <laughs> could you? I couldn't hold it what? in. Yep. Once you say it once, you, you can't stop. Um, do you guys believe that the CIA should have edgy, aesthetically pleasing millennial forward design associated with its brand identity and digital presence? I think it's cool that someone wants to hire millennials. <laughs> I mean, I was definitely skeptical. They need and the I, jobs. I, I poked around on the CIA website and... Um... You know, I, I, I guess I, I didn't want it to happen this way, but I need to tell you, I'm putting in my two weeks notice and I'm going to go <laughs> blog about KuCor for the CIA. I could see you at the CIA. I mean, yeah, it is cool that someone's hiring millennials and I think it's a nice like nail in the coffin for the idea that, that this like design means anything. Right. You know, That's a good like, way to think about it. Like the CIA is now your direct-to-consumer disruptor um, startup is is this is the CIA. You're you're a cop if you employ any of these sort of you know sans serif branding pastel Visual cues, pastel colored cues. Yeah. Well, but I thought when, well, go ahead. I was just gonna say when I did a story about this and DM'd with um, the controversial Ryder Rips who initially took credit for the design, although that was a hoax. Um, and so he and I were DMing a bit and eventually he said, what do people expect? Like, do they want the C CIA to have a beautiful website? Like that's, <laughs> that's ridiculous. And I have to say, I, I agree with that. Can you fill us in on, on who Ryder Rips is and why people initially on Twitter like thought that he was responsible for the CIA redesign? Well, there were a lot of like graphic design is my passion sort of tweets and memes going around. And I think maybe someone had made a joke. It seemed that what, what happened was someone had made a joke that like, this looks like Ryder Rips submitted a redesign for the intercept or something. And then he, decided that that was really funny and because uh, it does look quite a bit like the website he designed for Soylent um, <laughs> and uh, so on his Instagram portfolio he took credit for it and then everyone said you're so terrible you know quote unquote everyone said you're so terrible for working with the CIA and he really ran with this joke and was like what's terrible is like not working for the cia what if they waterboarded me and made me do this and writer rips used to i mean he sort of came you know to prominence i guess via donda right he was like a donda creative director and then well, he yes well he's he created a fake donda website which the mm. washington post wrote about thinking that it was a real website um, and then eventually Kanye West did hire him. It's so, so maybe funny, he yeah, thinks this is like, this is his legacy. And then he, he makes a, what I think is a quite good joke about designing the CIA website and everyone gets mad at him when it's like, 
The only reason you know this person's name or that he's a person to be mad at in the first place is because he was making fake websites. Yeah, he's a fake website guy. He also, he accused Virgil Abloh of ripping off the off-white aesthetic, basically like whole cloth from him, right? Like the arrows yes. and the X's and the typeface and the little reference, like the little graphic design elements that are sort of um, sprinkled throughout the off-white you know, brand identity like Ryder sort of has claimed in the past that like he came up with almost all of these. Um, well, he designs. released a quite extensive PDF, which I'm sure can still be located online, detailing all the various ways that Virgil Abloh has ripped him off. And I think he started circulating this after he said that Pop Smoke's Virgil Abloh designed album had actually been a ripoff of Ryder Rips. I mean, it's funny that his name is so close to ripoff. Yeah, it's his whole identity. And yeah. it's there's also something funny about going after Virgil in this way, because if there's one thing we know, it's that Virgil, Virgil is like truly invincible from uh, plagiarism accusations. I mean, it's like he it's I mean, it's part of what he he does in a way. I mean, it, you know, going back to when he was making those rugby flannel shirt like printing pyrex on those rugby flannels i mean like he's done this again and again and again and then even up to the recent um what's his name walter um who's the designer that got walter van buren dunk yeah you know like it 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 just comes up again and again and again and again and again virgil is impenetrable it's 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 like how it's how he works. It's what he does. He he sort of is open about it. Um, but anyway, um, cool to talk about Ryder Rips again. I mean, this is someone who's really been like kind of floating, like existing at the margins of of the culture for a very very long time. I mean, mm-hmm. and shout out shout out Soylent. Uh, yeah, a great meal replacement probably if you're like law. I, lost like we're in an airplane crash and like all you have is a case of soylent you could probably survive for a while speaking of speaking of snakes unexpectedly getting in the door (laughs) did you guys like the video that i sent you of that python who learned how to open her owner's bedroom door yeah a beautiful like albino python yeah a really hot blonde python it was a hot blonde python. People used to say uh, it was the Gwyneth Paltrow of pythons. Yeah. Used to be, there used to be snakes in all over New York City. Like you would, anywhere you went in New York City, there was a guy with a python hanging out and you could like give him a buck and take a picture with it. it they're not, that's not a thing anymore. It's sort of disappointing. Well, and there was a long period of time where every couple of weeks, someone in New Jersey would be like, oh God, we found this like 30 foot python under our house. And then a week later, some some dude in Pennsylvania would be like, that's mine. That's my Python. The TikTok of the Python opening the door is um, really benefits from turning the sound on, like hearing just the slap of slap this like of massive Python. meaty creature, like falling to the ground after uh, after opening the door. And then the guy sort of like in like a sort of terrified voice being like, good job. <laughs> <laughs> Like, oh my God, like I'm fucked. This python can open all the doors in my house now. Yeah, what is that about? I guess they just live with a loose python. Um, it's pretty fucked up. I think it would probably kill you in your sleep. Like python doesn't care about you, doesn't. I think if you grow up in Florida though, like you probably like know at least one or two friends who have pet pythons. You know, it's like not <laughs> that, it's not that irregular. 
You probably have one or two friends who are eaten by pythons when they were children. Yeah. I bet the guy who stole the podium during the coup, I'm <laughs> confident he has a python. He's like he's a used, he's like, he's like a multimillionaire used jet ski salesman who has like eight exotic pets. I was just going to say he's going to install the podium and then the python will crawl up the podium. I saw that the Times style section has like a story about the, the uh, revolutionary Trump supporters costumes and outfits like the guy who was dressed like an eagle <laughs> i didn't read it I, I don't know what it says but i thought it was kind of like not really worthy of uh an article i mean it's kind of funny because uh, a lot of people are pointing to the the you know the q and non shaman guy with like the pelt and like ho- viking horns and all the other bozos like him who are dressed up and like cosplaying you know, as, as sort of a sign, like, well, like, do you really want to call this a coup? Like, these guys are, t- are total imbeciles, like, who just sort of, like, wandered into the Capitol and then were, like, milling around and taking selfies and, like, streaming, you know, on IG Live uh, and Facebook and whatever. All but, those guys have IMDb pages. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because they're crisis actors. No, but um, but there were definitely some people there who were, like, tactical who were like all like in like oh, yeah, evil gorp tactical shit who were there to like yeah. you know really like do some damage you know the guys in like the shaman outfits feel like a just a bit of a distraction from like yeah. the main event yeah quite a contrast um i thought i wanted to just take a second to congratulate travis scott on his new watch because he got he got the horny uh richard meal um drake approved sex watch and do you think he got his own or do you think drake like gave it to him or do you um, think he let wow, him take a flick that's an it? amazing bro to bro gift maybe there's like a private like he bought it on grailed from drake but there was like a top like a grailed tier that like we don't all have access to like he sent him a private link or something or like uh you know the real it's like drake's like sold it on the real real to travis scott maybe what horny message do you put on the Richard Mille sex watch before you like give it to your homie? <laughs> Is it the same? I didn't, I never compared them. Are they like the same color? I assume they were like different watches, but they just employed the same horny. It's the same, it's the same watch. It, it, it's the same like model of watch, but um, y- you know, of which like there were probably only like a dozen made. Um, it's totally, it's not, it's not inconceivable that they both, that they each have their own. Um but if you're also if you're Travis Scott, like, would you want to buy the same Richard Mille sex watch that Drake already has? I don't know. No, maybe not. Probably not, right? That would be a disaster. And Drake had it first. Already, already has been blogged about months ago, years ago. I just don't understand why with watches there's like this free pass to just have like terrible taste. Or am I missing? Is the is the sex watch the peak of good taste? I don't even. Like who came up with those words? If he pulls up, if he pulls up in the sex walk, he could like get it. You know, that's the whole point. <laughs> it doesn't even seem particularly innovative. Yeah, it's kind of like you know, like I've had sex. <laughs> watch, like okay, yeah, we get it. <laughs> Nothing says I'm a virgin. A like the Richard Mill sex watch. Yeah. What's the Chad watch? Some of the messages are really graphic, actually. I mean, some of them are sort of. Really? Uh, it's like a Valentine's Day sort of little, like, let me kiss you tonight is one of them. 
I want to caress you madly. And then there's like, <laughs> there's some that are like literally, literally, I cannot utter on this podcast because it's just too embarrassing. Yeah. Like I want to explore your uh, insert, you know, ex orifice. Can you imagine <laughs> being the like the European craftsman who's like painstakingly carving these tiny words by hand? <laughs> <laughs> With the little, you know, the little pince nez. Yeah. <laughs> what like, is the, do we have a price on the watch? We need Cam Wolf on here to break this down for us. Maybe we should do that later. We should do like um, a watches episode, a celebrity watch episode. Oh, here we go. Travis Scott got the sex watch. I don't think we'll ever know a price, but I think we do know the name of the watch is the RM69. <laughs> limited to 30 pieces. Nice. That's Power bad. reserve, nice. 69 hours. <laughs> Price upon request. <laughs> $69,000. Speaking of congratulations, we should also congratulate Andre Leon Talley on his UGG campaign. I and immediately ordered UGGs. You know, there's like, there's like conspiracy theorists get really into like, um, like the Berenstein Bears thing. Like how... Yeah. Like they believe that like- The Mandela effect. Exactly. Like things were changed, like things used to be. And I just, I don't know if that's what this is, but everyone's, you know, like it's not Uggs, it's Ugg. What? (laughs) See what I'm saying? (laughs) Yes. Wait, did you watch the how-to with John Wilson about this? Yeah, that's kind of what I thought of. Such a good episode where that yeah. crazy guy is like, you thought it was Stouffer stuffing, but it's not. I yeah. thought it was Andre Leon Tully for Uggs, but you're right, it's Ugg. And it's uh, it, capital U, capital G, capital G. No, capital U, lowercase g, capital G. No, it's <laughs> all, all capitals. I've oh. been emailing with them for the past 24 <laughs> hours about how much I love my passion for Ugg boots. I Sam's saw there was- going to the CIA, I'm going to Ugg. <laughs> I saw that there was a another a story in the post, I think this week, or maybe it was old, but I saw it on Twitter this week. That was about um, how fabulous young women are cutting the tops off of their Uggs to turn them into slippers and making their parents furious. Did you see this? No, I no. didn't. All the girls are cutting with scissors the top of their Ugg boots off to make them but into- they already they already make an ultra mini. I know it's psycho. I think I think they want maybe part of the look is that it looks chopped off. Yeah. Well, as we've discussed previously on this podcast, the key UGG look is trashed, soggy, soggy. salted. <laughs> like you want your Uggs to look like if you picked one up and like wrung it out like a washcloth, just like like pond scum and like sludge would just come oozing out of it. Oozing. Yeah, ooze. Ugg has really been on one lately. They did that campaign with uh, Dennis Rodman and Evan Mock and like- All the hair, colorful hair icons. They did a collab with front of the pod, Senya Sombrile from Cumtees. Like they're really, you know, they're getting some legends on board. They're getting like the culture on board. It's pretty impressive, honestly. Who's doing a better job of this, Ugg or Crocs? Crocs? <laughs> See, is it Croc or Crocs? I think it's Crocs, but they're both playing the same game, right? Yeah, I'm kind of, I'm team Ugg. Remember when Crocs sent a pair of white Crocs to every single person who works at GQ? Yeah. Like a fucking pallet of Crocs. I thought you were going to say, there was this 
there was this rumor in the mid 2000s that Vuitton or I think it was Dior used to send send Vuitton bags to awful people to like bring the the consumer <laughs> opinion. Do you guys remember hearing about this? No. That like Dior would send like Vuitton bags to Snooky. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. That's like Adidas should send like all the uh, all the 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 pro Trump people a bunch of Nikes and have that you know. Yeah. Snooky's tight. I would Snooky's an influencer, one of the OG influencers. But I I kind of feel responsible. Like I'm the one who introduced Crocs to the world as cool footwear. I wrote about them for a little website called Four Pins a million years ago. Um, and, you know, declared them cool as, and as we all know, they are, and they, they later became, took a little while. And now like every cool boy wears some kind of mule, but it was really Crocs first. Although Birkenstocks were like sort of getting into the mix back then, but not in a real way. I also, Crocs were founded, I think in Boulder, Colorado, where I lived for a little while. And I remember before they like went nationwide, everyone in Boulder wore them. Like you'd go to um, Wild Oats, which was like the Whole Foods of, and they would just be like all the like organic moms in there and they're in their Crocs cruising the aisles. And it was a real vibe. So Wild Oats drip was Crocs. For sure. Yeah. I've never owned or worn a pair of Ugg boots. Also, I want to say for the record, I think it's Uggs and it should be called Uggs and everyone should say Uggs and that Ugg is wrong about their own brand name. So there's that. I'll pass out a long time. Rachel, what's the, what's the Ugg of choice? Is it the ankle length or calf it's length? The, it's not the mini. Well, for guys, it's the short, which is like mid-calf. Okay. But uh, it's not the really mini one that they've put out in the past year. It's just a notch above the mini for women. So is your ankle exposed or is your ankle covered? Your ankle is covered. Which is barely. But if, you were to, if you were to cross your legs, someone might see a little bone. <laughs> it might show a little ankle. <laughs> it might show a little ankle. I like the, the, the girls cutting them off with scissors. One, because it makes their parents furious, which is really funny. And two, because that's how Vans half cabs were invented because Steve Caballero had this Vans shoe that was like a high top that, you know, skaters wanted to wear a low version. So they just took scissors and cut it and then put duct tape on top. So it's really, it's really- um, There's a strong legacy. They're carrying on the tradition started by skaters in the eighties or whenever that was. Did you guys, speaking of um, skateboarding, which I think Noah has done once or twice, have you guys been watching Blondie McCoy's like Instagram videos? Where he walks and talks. Gives advice. Yeah. Walks and talks. They are (laughs) incredible. He should have a talk show. What are the Or like a motivational series. He, He has a really good one about clout busting. But um, the one I liked the most was about setting intentions for the new year in the face of um, the complete lack of hope that we're all feeling right now. Wow. And he actually kind of, you might be a little surprised by uh, his, his very posh accent and his utterly fluid style of speaking. Yeah. Like there's just no, there are no pauses. Every preposition and adverb is accounted for 
it's incredibly relaxing. And he's just got his little dangly Thames earring. It's beautiful. We should get him on the pod. You should. You have that, right now your hair looks like the Martine Rose wig. (laughs) It is actually. Like spring 2019. That's exactly what it looks like. I'm taking a picture. Speaking of which, does everyone have style resolutions that they want to share? Yeah, we should set our intentions for 2021, just like Blondie McCoy. I'm not doing resolutions, but I'm going to set some intentions. Um, Today's the day to share them. And uh, who wants to go first? Since Blondie's not here, maybe Rachel should go first. Okay, my first intention is to wear more corduroy. Oh, wow. Very straightforward. Yeah. Does it mean you need to buy more or you have a lot that you need to wear more? It's both. Um, I want to buy a shirt. I don't have a corduroy shirt. And initially when this first sort of started coming to me in a vision, you know, as all style intentions do late last year, I was thinking really wide whales, but now I'll go any whale. Little baby whales? Baby whales. Yeah. Save the whales. I like baby whales. I mean, you guys know I love Evan. Evan Kenori made wool corduroy. That's kind of rare, wow. but quite nice if you can find it. Little baby whale corduroy pants. I would like to see that. Like a trouser in really micro whale. The swishy sound that they make as you walk might be reminiscent of like a mean woman coming to be like, my friend doesn't want to go out with you anymore. <laughs> I have an excellent pair of wa- heavy wide whale lined corduroy trousers made by none other than Yoji Yamamoto, probably from the nineties with pleats. They're really good. So, and they were like cheap on eBay or something. I don't know where, how I came upon them in some late night fugue. What do you call it? Fuge state. 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 I was in a fuge. I was in a reverie. Um, Should I go next with my intention? Please. Uh, This relates to a a big, a blockbuster story I have coming out on GQ.com soon, um, probably probably next week, to where, all right, the intention, this is like an aspiration, but it would be to only wear clothes made by people you know. That's cool. (laughs) Which is like, uh, could could comes across, you know, lots of people don't know designers. So, and lots of designers that, you know, don't make good clothes. So this isn't like an easy one. It just means you have to make friends with like Giorgio Armani and Kim Jones and everybody. Well, yeah, I was going to say like, if in the morning you're standing in front of your closet and I was like, and you're like time to put on those cool Yoji pants, you gotta, you gotta find out a way to get in touch. I don't know that guy, but I can write him a letter. And, um, and then the work around here is just to become a designer and only wear clothes that you make. This is, these are bold. These are big aspirations for the year, for the year ahead. I'm with it. My aspiration for the year ahead is uh, like Blondie McCoy to have a child. But wow. if that doesn't work out, um, my aspiration is to make every fit count. I've been haunted. I don't know about you guys, but I've been like haunted this year about all the fits <laughs> I put on in like January and January and February that were like uninspired and sort of not well thought out and where I kind of just phoned it in being like, 
you know, I got plenty of time to get some good fits off this year. Got plenty of time to really like think and be smart about what I'm wearing, who I'm trying to be, what I'm trying to do here. And then, you know, almost a year later, I haven't had that chance. So I think once things start going back to normal, we've all got to um, just be really deliberate and thoughtful about how we dress. And there's no more sort of like, oh, I'm going to put on this like grout fit vibe, unless that's your thing, that's, unless like that's your personal brand. Um, but there's no more like, you know, throwing on the shit that's like on the top of the pile to like go to the bodega, you know, every time you leave your house to go hang out with the homies is a golden opportunity that we can't, we can't give up. Cause it could be the so last time you ever could be it. the last time societal societal stability is a mirage as we now know. So make every fit count guys. That's my intention. That was pretty heavy. Um, and um, I'll take it to heart. Rachel, what do you think? Or what do you want to say? What's the next intention? Let's keep it moving. Okay. Uh, my next intention is to only buy a certain... So, like, do you guys remember when Will came on the podcast to talk about the quality list? And he was like, you should make your own quality list, like your own um, personal quality list. Well, I did that. Really? And I only want to wear brands that are on my personal quality list who made the cut can you give us a preview is it an extensive list no it's not it's martine rose marine Serre, yoji uh the row ashley williams um vintage and all, oh yeah vintage stuff dries van noten I know that there were less than 10, but I don't have my personal style diary right next to me right now. So I can't remember the other three. How does the, how do you factor in or account for the possibility of adding a new designer? Either one that you don't even know about yet or one that like creeps up on you and um, surprises you that you suddenly need to wear that you're just not going to see coming, but come like October this year, it's going to have to happen. It's a one in one out policy, Noah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> which encourages, it's going to encourage people like Yoji Yamamoto and Dries Van Noten to really do their best work, you know, because they don't want to get dethroned from my personal quality list by like palace skateboards. Who's like, yeah. oh, suddenly like they're making really interesting knitwear. Yeah, I think maybe starting this year the the louis vuitton foundation will like the lvmh prize will start to incorporate a a rachel's quality brand list kind of you know like maybe their committee will start working on this will become what an initiative of theirs right they can start like the legion brand. of honor yeah and like they could mentor designers young designers to and and established designers to to do better and uh, maybe make the, your list maybe yeah to do better in a rachel forward way yeah um i've got an intention to set for this year um which is to to make from scratch one garment and you know wear it regularly i've never ever done that i've never i've made hats mm -hmm. and i've diy'd up some stuff here and there but i've never i don't know how to use a sewing machine i don't even know how how i'll do it Maybe it'll just be a pair of pants I crochet out of like hemp twine or something, but 
Um, I'm going to make something and wear it. You could be like um, K Nina Mia, that Com de Garçon designer who doesn't sew anything, but just finds like any other way to attach pieces of fabric aside from a needle and thread. Like glue maybe? He doesn't really use glue. He uses mostly like hooks and like metal fasteners. All right. You could staple some clothes together. <laughs> That's a good idea. Could be cool. Just a little light scratching on your abdomen at yeah, all I times. Sit on a staple. So stay tuned for the launch of uh, Noah's artisanal skater no, brand. There will be it's no. Called, <laughs> it's called wardrobe staples. <laughs> <laughs> There will be no brand launch, um, but I, you know, I've made a few things in the last year. I made some, I did some woodwork recently that was pretty satisfying and that like it turned out pretty well. I guess the point is, I mean, you need a bit of a, I'll need someone to help me um, to guide me, but you know, you can, if you, if you kind of try, you can make something pretty good. That's like almost as good as something you would buy. And some people can make things much better. I can't make a pizza though. I fucking fail every time I try to make pizza at home. It always just falls apart when you put it on the stone. I don't get it. Next intention, please. Stick to clothes. Maybe you're not letting the dough rest enough. Someone please, yeah. If you know how to make pizza at home, send Sam Hine a DM with some specific instructions, notes, photos, suggestions for like toppings, ingredients, what's in your sauce. Send it to Sam and he'll forward those to me. And we'll do a little, we'll have a little pizza sidebar at another time. Anyway. I like how I you just said, Sam's, I like how you just said sauce. 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 <laughs> Sam's DMs are going to be filled with people who are like, I'll have your baby. <laughs> They're like, I didn't hear anything about pizza, but if you want a bone, I am very fertile. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, my next intention is buy more vintage clothing. Sam's um, mom is just listening horrifiedly right now. Yeah. Sorry, mom. Um, is buy more vintage. I had some time on my hands over the holidays and I, you know, was frankly bored out of my mind and I put in a lot of time and effort that I don't normally do to like track down, you know, the perfect pair of Gucci loafers that I've always wanted. Um, you know, a pair of Levi's 51517 flare jeans, um, a 1960s champion football jersey. I found all these things over the holidays and bought them and they're all so fucking sick. And uh, it just, you know, it strengthened my resolve to spend a little bit more time instead of like, you know, looking for like a, a good deal on like some designer thing that I want in the moment, um, just doing some digging and like finding really special, cool old things. Um, and they're out there and the prices are right. And there's literally nothing better than buying a vintage pair of jeans like sight unseen and sort of like eyeballing the measurements and having them come and fit perfectly. It's literally like the greatest, the greatest uh, feeling humans can experience. So do you find that you can, look, can you look at a picture of a pair of pants laying flat photographed straight on and determine if they're going to fit you and fit the way you like or not? Yes, I can. Me too. That's how I, that's how I know that we if belong. They don't, yes. If they don't fit on your legs, you can always put them just arms <laughs> right through the legs. Or a scarf. A... Pants are just a scarf with a 
opening on top. Pants are just scarf for leg. <laughs> <laughs> 13. Let's do 13 vibes. This is the not so fast lightning round of the the people, places, things, and and vibes we uh, are uh, most compelled by currently. This is the first round of 13 vibes of the year. Uh, therefore, the most important, the most important round of vibes in the modern era. Um, I'll go first. My vibe is the aura. The aura. Wow. The, the aura um, as, as defined in my extremely amateur understanding by the philosopher Walter Benjamin as um, the quality that makes a piece of art um, unreplicable. The, the 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 moment and the, the the context the time and and placeness of a thing that cannot be replicated by mechanical means or otherwise and um this is in the story i have coming out soon too about clothes for gq.com the aura is a thing in, in clothes let's say that that makes it uh, a thing unique and singular and essential and artful and um, I think you should wear things that have an aura. That's my vibe. I like Walter Benjamin. He's a great fan of malls. Big mall guy. <laughs> <laughs> Sam, you got a vibe? Or Rachel, whoever. I got a vibe. I don't make the, the song. Work. The song Up Where We Belong by Joe Cocker and Jennifer Warnes. I've been listening to it on repeat for the past week and a half. I don't even know if I know the song. Is it a fame? Oh, Is you'll it- know it if you hear it. <laughs> you'll know it when you hear it. I'm going to put it on immediately after this. Actually, immediately after this, I can have you sing. You could sing a few verses to us. And I highly recommend looking up live performances of the song on YouTube because it's always so awesome to see Joe Cocker sing live. Um, my vibe is like Andre Leontali wearing either very expensive handmade footwear or wearing very cheap mass-produced footwear um in his in his branded editorial interview for ugg he explains that his closet is full of piles of john lobb shoes and uh, manila blonic shoes and tom ford shoes and then he also has like a massive collection of ugg shoes and or ugg slippers or boots or whatever um and i just think there's something so great about either wearing like really beautiful bench-made footwear or like the classics sambas stan smith's chucks vans whatever um because i think in the you know shoes are they get a little you know it's a little can be a little sketchy in the middle um so i i think <laughs> i think wearing either either really expensive footwear or really cheap sturdy footwear is bud and expensive footwear for the record can be found for reasonable prices if you buy it used that's true sam a little sketchy in the middle that's what they say about corporate lunch this is episode 116 um subscribe write a review tell a friend send us a dm thanks for thanks for being with us we couldn't do this without without all of you without rachel and sam and will our spiritual leader who should probably come back on the podcast soon um and um here's to a new year and new intentions new vibes later
Bye. Bye.